Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the marketing minds at doconvert.com, where we talk about the current state of all things digital and how they impact home builders and developers around the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and try to elevate the conversation. I'm the ad doctor, Andrew Peak, and with me today on episode 209 is Julie Jarnigan and Becca Thomas. Hi. Hello. That's my first time all the way through. I didn't even pass out or good anything. How's, how's everybody <laughs> doing? Doing good. Had, doing. A good yep. had a good Easter. It was yes. Easter. Did all the Easter things. Do you have a typical Easter dinner? We'll we talk, got to talk about food we, a little bit. We made ham. That's what okay. the kids asked for, ham and mashed potatoes. Yes. and That's the usual. So, yeah, the normal. It's like almost like Thanksgiving, but not. We did prime rib because my mother called me. She's like, hey, you guys are coming over, right? Yeah, 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 we are. We're like 10 minutes away from my parents, which is great. I'm like, can we do a prime rib tonight? I'll help cook it. Like, it's good. It's like, sure, why not? I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. We'll pitch in. Like, what do you need us to do? No, so it turned out. Usually that's like a Christmas Eve or, or New Year's yeah. thing or yeah. something, but yeah. not, definitely not Easter. Sounds but good. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. We did a nice, quiet little Easter egg hunt of six eggs in the front yard. We got through <laughs> three of them. There you go. That's all that's needed. That's all that yeah. needed. Our little, our little community, you know, we're 24 houses, um, KB community. There's like, there's about 20 kids underneath 12. So each set of parents had to do a hundred eggs each. So there was, wow. I think like 800 eggs or something. Wow, it's a lot of eggs. Throughout, and it took us forever. I'm like, what is happening? So I, I went outside, you know, mo it was mostly the moms that were hiding the eggs. I'm like, let me help, let me help and do this stuff. And I'm like, okay, 30 minutes later, we hid the eggs and the kids within like five minutes, I'm like what in the world are done already? Like it's <laughs> some more, and there's always so many hiding spots. We don't want to put it like all close to people's doors and whatnot, but yeah. Like that was, that was, that was neat. Like go play with the candy now. So, all right, well, let's jump into story time. Becca, you're up. Ooh. Okay. So I launched a new builder this past, I'd say a couple weeks. And, you know, I'm always closely monitoring things within the apps that I'm building them in. And then I'm also looking at analytics. And if you are looking in Google ads, you see this wonderful like 40% growth in clicks and the cost per click has gone down nice. like 30%. But if you hop into Google, it's a totally different story. <laughs> so the, uh, the the channel groupings, although they were, they just kind of fell apart. I guess that's the best way to say it. Yeah, it was, it was definitely, there was a setup before, then we put our setup in and they just did not mesh essentially in yeah. layman's terms. So now so it's like audit, 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 figure it out. My, I guess my takeaway is if you work with HubSpot, just make sure that if you have auto UTM codes on, that you are following, not the default for HubSpot, but that you've implemented paid social instead of paid in the auto default. So to quickly say that HubSpot will shoot a UTM code from HubSpot into your ads and your ad tracking for both Google and Facebook, but you got to make sure that it's following your parameters, not the ones that are previously set. Otherwise, gotcha. it might not go in the right bucket. In analytics. So there you go. So essentially, so when you integrate um, Facebook ads or Google ads into HubSpot, HubSpot has its own set of UTMs it likes to use. Yeah. We have our own that we use, you know, paid yes. social. I think, I don't know when Kevin started using that term years ago. That's kind of like yeah. the adopted term as far as like paid social is Facebook ads and Instagram ads. 
Yeah. But HubSpot just calls it paid. Like source is Facebook, medium is paid, which makes sense. Yeah. But we like to be a little bit more precise, I guess. So paid social is just very, mm -hmm. it's clear as mud. Like it's clear. There's no room for interpretation <laughs> on that. It's not clear as mud. That's <laughs> work. And so it just kept overriding what was happening yeah. in there. Thanks, HubSpot. So, but we love HubSpot. Regardless, yeah, we do. HubSpot is good. Court. It's just making sure that you everything is speaking the same language. Yeah, essentially. Okay. Sweet. I'm glad here it's fixed. Uh, Julie, what about you? Um, mine will be quick because we've talked about this a little bit, but I still have some builders that are just now um, starting to wait longer and longer to list spec homes. Yes. So... For one particular builder, um, it kind of went from they had a ton of quick move-in homes on the site to where they have no quick move-in homes on the site because um, they were waiting longer. And usually it's for a reason, like making sure their their asking price can be more than your costs are going to be, you know, your unknown cost. So um, I would just say if you're doing that, think about your website and your messaging. You can either list homes without pricing. I mean, that's one option so that you have something there and there's not just nothing there when they go to the website. Or I've had some other builders too who have messaging like new homes added weekly or new homes added. So just encouraging people to come back where they don't go to your website, see absolutely nothing for sale and not want to come back because they've never seen anything. So just think through what you're going to do instead of just stripping everything off the website and looking like there's going to be nothing for sale when there are things under construction coming. So, yeah. And yes. I think the, I think some, some people might be concerned like, Oh, should we put these on the site this soon? But I think if someone were to call in and say like, Hey, I'm really planning like later this year, I think whoever that person's talking to be like, Oh yeah, we actually have like six under construction da da da. They'll be ready. Like in the fall, fall ish. I can't commit to a date. So they'll have the conversations anyways. It's just now just put on the website. I'm sure conversion yeah. rates will be drastically higher. And that this is super common. BH Photo Video, uh, probably one of the more popular camera sites. There's a lens I'm watching. It's a 35 to 150 millimeter. We're getting nerdy, but essentially it's like this can do almost everything, which is pretty cool. It has not been in stock. It's still coming out. So they have a request stock alert. So on there. I can yeah. put my email in there. I think it's the yeah. same type of thing. They're not committing to anything. Like you don't, I don't mm -hmm. think you can. I think we should, you should commit to some type of range, like fall. That's pretty vague. Like what's that even mean? I have some builders that say coming soon. And then I have others that say come coming fall or coming spring. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Cause then yeah, people, I mean, people are time. You think just think about any, any, any home you've purchased on your own. Usually it's not like, okay, I'm going tomorrow or next yeah. week. It's like, okay, great. October, even next year, like just different personalities. I don't know. I like, I like to plan if I could sign up for a home in three years, like maybe I would do that. That seems like a terrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Though. But I know. I love that idea. Sign up for email updates, like as things get released. It's yep. a yeah. good idea. And keep those leads separate. So people aren't yeah. looking at their numbers going like, oh no, my conversion rates are down. And that, and realize those leads aren't true leads or they're, they're not qualified yet. So perfect. Yeah. Well, my quick story is we had the Academy last week. It was a great time. So the market proof marketing Academy virtual Tuesday through Thursday. And a big portion we spend on that is the market proof algorithm at the summit last year. And then this year yeah. at builder show, Kevin talked through it. Essentially it is, you have the historical performance of a community and then for whatever reason, it has declined. And so now you need to figure out like, okay, where's the problem at? Is it the website? 
Is it the quality of leads? Is it the appointments being set? Is it someone on site? Like, where's the disconnect there? So we go through this, this algorithm, which is just simply an Excel file, which helps us use our historical performance. And then we take that with what actually happened or like our ideal performance or the average across the company. Just some, some reference point is the goal. It's all relative. So I wouldn't use, you would not use another builder. You use your own numbers or the best practices that we put out, like the averages of, of everybody. And mm-hmm. you go on there. So it's, it's eye-opening as far as like, oh, this is what the data shows. Like it's not feelings or opinions anymore. It's like we had 2,500 pieces of traffic. We had 200 leads. We had 10 appointments and we had two sales. So just saying that out loud, I won't repeat the numbers because I already forgot them, but <laughs> we clearly have enough leads. There's a disconnect between leads to appointment. So let's try to fix that first. Because that could be the, the easiest fix as far as talking to our online sales team and just going through that funnel. What we do at the Academy, which I'd recommend everyone do, is we create a very simple version of the formulas in Excel, like on our own, just as far as talking it through like, okay, what, what can we measure first about a community? All right, page views. Perfect. Let's put a number in there. Let's actually pick a community and put the number. What's the next thing we need? Leads. Okay, so now we need to go leads into page views. That gives us a conversion rate. What's after leads? Appointments. Then So then appointments into leads. Then we have the different conversion rates. So to me, it like really solidifies like the math you're doing versus like the sheet that we have. I don't know if it's on the website anywhere. I think it's I think Kevin's, Kevin gave it away at the Builder Show. You had to be there, and there's a special link and think at the summit. So it, yeah. it's essentially that, though. It's just putting the funnel into, into Excel. Ours might be prettier. That's fine. You could, maybe you could make a prettier one if, if you don't have ours. But it's just the numbers, and then it will show like where the, where the drop-off in performance is or what is the bottleneck. But it's like that's probably my favorite part because everything else supports that. But that's the ultimate, like that's the Bible. That's the truth as far as like what happened to the community. Yeah. And I think the funnest thing about that spreadsheet is that you can actually look at if we change, if we could get this percentage up by 1%, if we could get lead to appointment up by this much, and then you see all the other numbers change. Well, look, we'd need this much less traffic. So we'd have to pay less for it. So just changing things a tiny bit, you see what a big impact it has on those bottom numbers. So it's just nice to see that in a visual and like. Definitely. Yeah. And it lets you, we talked about like, it lets you like, let's say the issue isn't marketing and you can kind of show like, yes. here's how we can fix it with marketing. It's going to cost this much because our cost per click from Facebook and Google is this. Uh, we just talk about like positioning the story of what the data is showing. Sometimes you might not want to, this is talking to someone sort of middle, lower level of marketing. You can't just go straight to whoever leadership and go like, our onsite salesperson is terrible. It's their fault. Like that'd be terrible. That would that wouldn't be good. One, that's like we don't have you don't have full context to say that. The data might show that, but there could be so many other factors that would influence that. Who knows? There could be a, a variety of different reasons. But you let the conclusion be be found by presenting the data in an yes. easy to digest format where that person's like, oh, okay, I appreciate it. I'll take this and, and make make the changes I need to make where it might not be your authority and or scope to even have those types of conversations. So it's good though. It's actually shows what happens. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is it from story time. And now a quick word from our supporting partner, open door, connect with your customers with open door and they'll get a preliminary offer for the home within minutes. They close on their home and you close a sale. 
Plus, you could track the entire process with ease by using your personal custom referral link. Go to opendoor.com slash deconvert to learn more about how you can partner with Opendoor. Perfect. Now on to the news. This first one up is just thinking about Easter and looking at Easter data. It was crazy. It happens every year, but we are always caught off guard. I think Thanksgiving traffic, we're like, okay, the whole week's going to be lower. Christmas into New Year, those first, those two weeks will be lower. A lot of people are closed. So you're almost like, great, like that's good. But then Easter, you're like, oh, like it went down quite a bit. I have the chart yeah. pulled up. I should share my screen so you guys can see what I'm talking about. I switched it to 30 days. Typically, we look at this this data studio report that we have combines, I think it's 60 plus analytic accounts from builders across, across the US, tons and tons of data. Like the per day averages is like 100 to 150,000 users that's pulling data from. But Easter weekend, which started hmm. what, on the 15th, so the 15th through the 17th, mm-hmm. it just like goes to nothing. It started on the third. Well, actually it started on the 11th. People were like, we have got to really the whole Easter week. Get yeah. To Easter. Yeah. They're, they were uh, having spring break and sp- spending time with their families. Yeah. They're still, yeah, we need to, that'd be interesting to chart that. Cause I know our spring break down here in Florida is usually earlier March. And then yeah, I think up North is there a winter break? I feel like in cold, cold areas. Um, like super north in Maine, we had two. We had one in February and one go. in April. People listening are like, you have no idea what's going on. I don't. I know Florida <laughs> stuff. We have spring break and that's it. But it's what's interesting, though, is the conversion rate. Everyone listening, you can't see what I'm talking about. But in yeah. the chart, conversion rate is always above users. And then Easter weekend, it crosses the streams and then it dips where conversions is beneath users. So essentially the conversion rate just like kind of plummeted that weekend. Yeah. The good thing is it recovered and that's just how it is. So if you had a bad weekend and you're sitting there like staring at your marketing and reports going like, what the heck happened? What the heck happened? Nothing happened. Easter happened. Yeah. Yeah. And we've seen um, the dips we've had lately, like when everything first happened with Ukraine or, you know, interest rate news, it has dropped dramatically, but so far it's always rebounded pretty fast. So um, that's the good news. But yeah, I was going through my analytics checks and I had a little mini like, oh, something's broken. No, it was just a low. <laughs> like who's, after after they off, were like, all, yeah, after multiple accounts, I was seeing that same dip. I was like, okay, it's just, just the market. So don't panic. Just the market, just people, just you mm-hmm. know, people want to have a break. Especially I could imagine if you are really in the home shopping and you're trying to find something. So like you're already committed to buying and you're just trying to find something, trying to find something. I'd imagine Easter weekend, you're like, I'm not looking at a single house this weekend. I'm burnt out. Like we're good. I'm not going on Zillow, not doing anything. And sure enough that, I mean, the data could support any story I make up like that, (laughs) I guess. But it seems reasonable to me as far as like the being disappointed over and over and over again or whatever it may be. Yeah, just take a break. Let's just yeah. take a break. It's Easter weekend. Let's have some ham and some prime rib or whatever Find you some are. Eggs. <laughs> yeah. Go, go hide some <laughs> eggs somewhere. All right. And then on to the next one. Google, this one's from TechCrunch. Uh, Google starts global tests of privacy sandbox and targeting. Ooh, that's that's great. That's great. Did anyone digest <laughs> this fully to spit it out? Or I'll go if you want to put it on me. I think you can probably digest it better okay. than us. There Sounds was good. one sentence at the way bottom that I thought 
really kind of hit it home, but I'll let you do your yeah, thing. You could take that. You could take that last sentence, but in the long story short on this or the too long didn't read is Google <laughs> is still pushing to help advertisers find the right people without using yes. cookies and giving more yes. control to users. That's, that's the thing here that's going on. Most of us do not use display campaigns on Google. So nope. we're not terribly display campaigns for things other than remarketing. Um, so we're not terribly affected by this. Other than this, will definitely change the landscape of, of advertising quite a bit. And I'm sure there'll be some effect to Facebook in there, but you know, we just adapt to, to what happens. The part that was kind of new for me to, that I didn't totally understand, because I don't have a, as good a grasp of this as you do, but that a lot of this is happening from the browsers. So I guess like it's at the browser level now that the privacy sandbox does its thing. And I didn't realize that since the, it can't be done on the website. Yeah. Does that make from sense? Am I saying yeah. that right? Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> from what I understand, it's more like, so if you're on Facebook, you could look at your own Facebook advertising preferences and like, they'll be like, I believe Andrew has a interest in fitness and saltwater fishing which I don't, um, and like, but they'll have this like list of things. Yeah, they're like this isn't right. They'll have a list of things that you're interested in, and on Facebook, so they're taking that same type of process, I guess, and putting it into your browser. So instead of you being cookied to death on your computer from mm -hmm. anybody and everybody who just happens to have the ability to put a cookie on your computer, um, even if you don't know, this now just puts everything in the browser, so you can control it. So you're like, oh, I don't like auto vehicles anymore. Or like, I actually just bought a house. I'm tired of seeing ads for houses. Get me out of here. I'm not interested in real estate anymore. And that that bucket, that's what they're calling a cohort, right? Like the the group of people when they talk about a cohort. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so we should, it'll be interesting to see like the example they show here is, is your browser-based ad personalization. So your interest, and this is a screenshot I'm reading, your interest as estimated by Chrome, auto and vehicles, books and literature. So they're quite broad. It'd be interesting once this is actually live and pushed out, how narrow it would be. I'd assume not super narrow, but yeah. auto and vehicles seems <laughs> very yeah. generic. Like, what's mm -hmm. that? I don't know what that would, that's yeah. really way up there. But if it said like well, shopping for a new Ford F-150, that would seem creepy. I think people would have an issue with that. But if it said shopping for a truck, but then yeah. they have to figure out some way to display it. So who knows? I might keep it this broad just to stay out of well, the news. If you think about how Facebook's changed their AI in the recent previous months, they've kind of gone to the broader is better. So it makes sense that Google would kind of follow suit and keep those categories pretty broad. Yep, I agree. Good point. Good point. Yeah, Google somehow has stayed out of the uh, the negative news spotlight. Um, which is really interesting compared to there was the, I, I put it in the Facebook group, Lex Friedman had the interview with Mark Zuckerberg and he's interesting to listen to as far as an interviewer. Cause he'd be like, Mark, people don't like you. <laughs> what do you feel about that? And you're like, Oh, okay. Well that's blunt. But like, he's, that's what I enjoy about listening to him. Like he doesn't like, that's not rude. I guess it could be taken as rude, but he's, he's not mean he's just like this is what i'm seeing it seems like a fact what is your response like he just jumps straight to the point which is it's nice and refreshing and then on to the next one this one from cnbc here's how much the same mortgage costs now compared to last year Ooh, yeah mortgage rates are rising um let's see here let's go ahead and find some Trying to find some easy to digest numbers on here. Did you uh, find yeah, they some? had it up there, right in right there. a four hundred and eight thousand dollar 
mortgage um, with 20% down. It would have been, let's see, what's the yeah, interest rate of 3%? It would have been like, you got to scroll up. I like can't $1,400. It. Oh, there we go. It was 13, yeah, it was mm-hmm. 1383. Yep. And now with a 5%, it would be 1752. So it's roughly yeah. like $400. It's about $400 difference. more. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I still want to know the data on like who's putting 20% down, who's not putting 20% down, who's putting 5% down. Okay. I know like when interest rates were low, it's like, why would you put, unless you had to, to reduce the monthly cost. But when they were 2.5, 2.7, like, would it make sense to put 20% down? We're not financial advisors. I'm kind of going off the deep end over here. But like, just is this like a realistic, I know that's the standard to just say 20% for whatever reason. Um, um, but is that cause... even normal? I I guess it would be, I would like to see the difference in people applying for conventional mortgages now versus then, because conventional, you have to put the 20% down to not have the PMI. Um, But I just, I would, it would be really interesting to see how, how that has changed now versus, you know, even pre super low days too. To see if that's kind of normalizing too. Yeah. Are people putting more down to get the monthly rate down mm-hmm. because that fits their debt to income. And I think we're, we're talking about this, which sounds like, why are we, we're marketing? Why are we talking about mortgage rates? Because all this does affect if someone sees a house is $408,000 that you're selling and say they say 20% is above average for putting things down. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're putting 10. And so the mortgage would go to say 1900, just to guess, like then we're in a different quantity of people that can afford based on 20% will reduce that drastically um, quite a bit. Yeah, that's, that is interesting. Um, As there's more uncertainty around all this mortgage stuff too, marketers are going to have to think about um, consumers are going to need more education and more information earlier. Like maybe we aren't doing it at the very attention stage, but earlier in the process, there's going to have to be answers to people. There's going to be more questions about that side of it, I think. So it's just something to to think about as you're seeing what, you know, home shoppers are saying. Yes. And I mean, ultimately it does affect the top end of the funnel by limiting how large the whole pool is. Yeah. Yeah. Quite a bit. I think that was the chart we put in there. I forgot who it was from. My apologies. I want to give them credit, but essentially took the same, same price home and it changed the interest rate. And then, you know, the number of people that it might've been NHA being created that I think it was actually. Yeah. This many millions of people, as you as interest rate rises 0.25 percent, these many people are now out of the market. Um, but yeah. and we'll jump to another article because I think these go hand in hand. This one is from Pro Builder. Nationwide asking rents climbed 17 percent to an all time high in March. Um, so some are some are going up. So it says some metros are up 40 percent. I know where I'm at, Tampa. Like we're definitely in there. Uh, really, it's it's where everyone's going to. Yeah, many Florida metros yeah. are in the 30 percent. So I think the rising interest rates can seem, at least this is my interpretation, maybe I'm just trying to remain super, super positive, which I think is we should all try to be that anyways. But you, for most people, you have to rent somewhere or you have to buy somewhere. Like there's what other choice do we have? Um, I know quite a few, like probably both hands filled up, everyone getting their new leases, even if they're not moving, they're going up two, three, four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars $600 per month, which are like, oh, that's quite a bit, especially if if you're renting hundred percent of that yeah. money is gone. There's none of that paying off the, the balance on, on the mortgage, but you know, the interest rate going from 
and the CNBC article going from up to 5%, well, that went up $400, but then you're locked in. So as far as like different marketing things we could do to educate, like, yes, interest rates might be high. So just really address it head on. Interest rates are higher and they might climb. Yeah. But then you have your mortgage and your mortgage and your mortgage. Like you well, have a fixed rate, if it's a fixed rate mortgage. And you have your asset, right? Like you have your home. Yes. Homes are the best hedge against inflation um, because that's where they where inflation shows up first. So. Yeah. So I think that's, yeah, summarizing yeah. both these two articles. I think there's a huge opportunity for builders to be the ones educating the market on these types of things. Because I think most people are seeing just negative news, negative news, negative news. Yeah. And they're going to talk to someone, especially if you're like, oh, I refinanced at 2.75 a year and a half ago. And you're like, oh, geez, well, like it's 5% now. But like that, that's me a year and a half ago, <laughs> refied and just got lucky that I just, the timing was super low. But when we originally purchased, it was 4.1, 4.2. And it just was what it was. So it's four to 5%. It's not that big a difference. We just had this crazy period yeah. where the rates were so low yeah. that it seems like, like they're just excessively high right now. But I think if you take out those couple of years, not that this is possible, you're like, oh, they're, they're climbing now, but like they were just four and then take out two years of like the COVID era. And then boom, yeah. now we're, we're climbing up to, to try to get inflation to be in, in control. The other thing to think about is because we all have pretty low interest rates compared to what is now, a lot of us are less likely to sell. So if you have to sell and you have to buy because you have to move, Builders are going to take up the slack on the inventory because there's no one else, you know, willing to sell and um, we're building. So yeah. Builders going to build. I think that's a yeah. shirt. I think it, is. <laughs> you it did. should you be a just, shirt. Builders yeah, going to build. Just, you just um, designed a new so shirt. So I'll make it and I'll buy five of them. <laughs> as long as it, they, as long as it doesn't look terrible. I'll buy some. Builders gonna, builders gonna and build. then you're going to start the internet marketing for one will go up here build t-shirts it yeah. could be a work shirt i'll wear it every day that's my uniform go, go buy the domain right now there we go builder's gonna build and then the, the next one off of off of all the financial talk let's get back to marketing um, this one's from searchengineland.com so the article is titled 11 breadcrumb seo best practices for a mobile first strategy they like crammed every buzzword in this thing that they could they did. Um, but the point of this is i think a lot of builder websites do not have breadcrumbs Breadcrumbs being if you're at, say, an inventory home for Happy Acres, at the top, it would show the navigation of like home site 23 or, if the, or the address. And before that would show Happy Acres and before that would show the city, before that would show like the region or the state, just depends on where you build. But essentially, you're showing people where you are or where they came from and where they can go. Um, E-commerce sites are, are great for this. You could mm -hmm. be... Um, Cameras, mirrorless cameras, Sony lenses, prime lenses, whatever. And you can just click back and navigate. And it really lets you explore the site quite a, quite a bit more. Um, so I really just put this in here so that you'd have some ideas on breadcrumbs. And if you don't have them, I think it's a must um, to have. Yeah. But it's often overlooked. I don't know why, but it, but it new is. Homes, new homes in Georgia. New yep. homes in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep, Georgia, Atlanta, county name, city name, or whatever it may be. Happy, uh, happy acres. Yep. Yeah. So get your, get your, get your breadcrumbs. And you know what? Is that it for the news? That is it for the news. We breeze through it. We're trying to be a little more timely today. 
So let's go on to the question of the week, which Kevin put up, I think it was late last week. Here we go. Yeah, on April 15th, right before Easter. And here we go. Here's the question of the week. Where do you think the average 30-year mortgage rate will be by the end of the year? So by the end of 2020, Ooh. we had the most votes. Um, oh, geez. That looks like about 70%, 65 70%. Yeah, landslide. Yeah. Definitely. At 5 to 6%. I guess I was feeling not so positive that day. And I chose over, <laughs> I personally chose over 6%. I would we had, have too. Yeah. We had just I a see, few. I and see Kevin's face on there. It looks like Kevin Oakley chose six over 6%. Yeah. You know what? I didn't, mm. I just picked it, but it's, I, I mean, what are those, <laughs> let's see, what's the current mortgage rates, Florida. Let's see where they are, where I'm at. This is not right. This is no way. Where I pulled up the chart, it's the one that Google uses the aggregate data from somewhere. It says there's six point seven five right now. That doesn't make any sense. They're not six point seven five. Of course, you have the credit score, which is going to influence oh, it. It yeah. was it was lower. It was on it was at seven hundred seventeen. So there you go. So then they, I think this would be a good or maybe excellent credit score. Do so seven twenty like- to seven thirty nine is at five point seven for Florida right now. It says does that seem. Believable. Yeah. 740 yeah. then jumps down. I don't know the makeup of credit scores as far as what is the average, what is the someone who does mortgages definitely knows these things. Um, and I'm sure that varies based on price point of the buyer as well. Yes. Like first time home buyer, move up buyer, and then fancy 10% buyer. down a lot of time. Yeah, let's see that. That does have a slight. See, this is where this this thing can't be right because, like, I changed the I changed the down payment from twenty percent to ten percent, and then interest rate lowers. Yeah. No. So, but it went up when you hit three percent. Yeah, I'm not sure if I believe that. I think I think it's really yeah. more at five point two. Yeah, and I don't know if fifteen year mortgages will will pick up because that definitely makes your monthly quite a bit quite a bit higher. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, most people picked five to six percent, and then. Uh, we had 14 votes for over six, so like 20%. And then just a, just a few people stayed in the four to five percent. So that actually be like a decrease. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. Well, this was, I think, the fastest episode we've recorded in a long time. But we're still at like <laughs> close to 40 minutes. So that is it for this week. For published articles, blog posts, videos, and more, check out doconvert.com. It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and everywhere else we are online. See ya. Bye. Bye.